Welcome to this Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. Welcome to episode 18 of the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. In episode 17 I spoke about winter photography giving some tips for shooting in sub-zero conditions. After the episode was released a number of members on my site uh, kindly raised a few other tips that I really should have included. So I am today going to briefly mention these. I'm also going to mention some other important things that I reminded myself of on December 28th while shooting in sub-zero conditions again at the Inawashiro Lake in Fukushima Prefecture here in Japan. So firstly, John Briggs from Maryland in the US, uh, login name Froze, that's P-H-R-0-Z-E, reminded me that I hadn't mentioned gloves. Thanks, John, for taking the time to remind me. Of course, you definitely need gloves in cold conditions, uh, let alone sub-zero conditions. I actually use two pairs of gloves in very cold conditions. Uh, what I call my undergloves are a relatively thin pair of thermal gloves with fine rubber mesh, a kind of crisscrossing on the palm and the fingers at the inside of the hand to help grip. They are called uh, Windstopper and made by a company called uh, Talbert. I can't find a link to these gloves for you, but I can recommend them if you do come across them in your local outdoor shop. The fact that they are quite thin means that I can operate my camera while wearing them, uh, changing the aperture, pressing buttons, and releasing the shutter. General operation and no problem at all. I can even change the memory card with these gloves at a push. The second pair that I call my overgloves are a very large pair of down mittens made by a French company called uh, Valandre. I found a link to these gloves on an online store, so I'll include it in the show notes. I don't know how long the link will stay live, though. Uh, also, I've never bought anything from this store, so I don't know anything about it. I use these mittens uh, on the top of my Tobit gloves when I'm standing around waiting for something to happen in really cold conditions. They can be taken off in seconds, as they don't have fingers, they're literally mittens. Uh, and, you know, they can be taken off in seconds when the action starts. And when time allows, I prefer to take a few more moments to put them away in my pockets uh, before starting to shoot. I have a bad tendency to uh, put things under my arms while shooting and then forget about it and walk away. Uh, allowing whatever it was under my arm to drop to the floor. So I do like to put things away uh, properly before continuing to shoot whenever possible. Another member, Keith Guthrie from London, UK, uh, login name Keith, asked me if I had any advice on changing lenses in cold conditions. Thanks for this question too, Keith. Um, it's very much appreciated. I do try to keep lens changes down to a minimum, uh, but if I have to do it, I make sure that I turn my back to the snow if it's actually snowing at the time. Even wind, anything where there, where there might be. this I guess this isn't really um, winter shooting advice, but if there's wind, any kind of weather that uh, might be throwing up dust, snow, rain, water, anything, um, basically you turn away from that when you change the lens. In cold conditions, though, another problem that you might face if you have a thermal jacket on your camera uh, may be that 
you need to take the jacket off before or during the lens change. This really depends on the size of the lens, though, and it can add a lot of time to uh, changing the lenses as well. And if you're doing nature photography, say shooting birds or other animals, by the time you get the lens changed, the reason for wanting to change the lens in the first place might be over. In these conditions, I usually keep a second camera with me uh, with a different lens on. For example, when shooting cranes in uh, Hokkaido, the second camera I used was a Canon EOS 100. It's an old film camera that I bought in the early 90s. I had this loaded with Fuji Provia film uh, and a 28 to 135 millimeter lens on it. Now, right now I have the 5D and the 20D as well as my second camera. I'm I'm lucky enough to have two digital cameras right now. So I would use the 20D in similar conditions. Uh, the second lens that I probably would use now is a 24 to 105 millimeters uh, mounted on the 20D. And what this would allow me to do is to shoot birds or things as they fly closer by or overhead while I've got the telephoto lens on my main camera. It's it's much easier to just grab a different camera that's probably over your arm uh, and just point it and shoot. It, it's definitely going to be a lot faster than changing the lens. Also, following on from last week's episode, I'd like to briefly show you uh, a few shots that I made on December the 28th after the last week's show was broadcast Uh, as the conditions on this day were pretty cold too. The thermometer in my car said that it was minus 5 degrees Celsius or 23 Fahrenheit, Uh, but to get these shots I was actually standing on the shore of the Inawashiro Lake in Fukushima Prefecture in the snow uh, with wind blowing that was strong enough to cause pretty high waves on the lake. So it felt much stronger, probably around minus 10 Celsius or 14 Fahrenheit. Also, Uh, I'll interject a couple more tips that I reminded myself of uh, on this shoot. Anyway, the first photo is number 809. If you are new to Martin Bailey Photography Podcast, you can see the shots in a number of ways. If you are listening on an iPod, you'll only be able to see this first shot until Apple bring out a tool that will allow me to create enhanced podcasts, that is. You can see this and all images in iTunes if you're listening via iTunes on a Mac or PC. Uh, Just click on the thumbnail in the bottom left of the iTunes window and move forwards through the shots uh, with the little arrows above the thumbnail, uh, clicking on the thumbnails again to open each image. The third way to view the images uh, is on my website at martinbaileyphotography.com. You can either enter the number, in this case 809, into the field under the podcast section on the top page or on the main uh, podcast page. Or you can jump to the main podcast page and then locate this episode in the list. You'll then see all of the images and you can click on the thumbnails here to view the image at full size. So in this first image you'll see an early morning scene from the Inawashiro Lake This was shot at just after 7am on a pre-breakfast walk on the beach uh, in front of the hotel. I used my 100-400mm f4.5-5.6 to 
LISUSM lens and I had it fully extended to 400mm. I chose ISO 400 here as there was not a lot of light around yet and the aperture was 5.6 for 125th of a second. I was pushing it hand-holding at this focal length for 125th of a second, uh, but it came out really sharp. Although the main purpose of this trip was to shoot close-ups of swans, hopefully in flight, I think that this first shot, being more of a landscape, well, totally a landscape shot, is actually my favourite. It is also another great example of including an accent in your shots uh, to raise them a cut above the rest. You won't be able to see this on an iPod, uh, but if you're looking in iTunes or on my website, you'll see that to the right there's a swan uh, standing up and spreading its wings. Uh, When printed, this looks amazing. Uh, It's one of those shots that it's got bands of interest there's the water in the lake in the foreground with a kind of a sherbety ice floating on the top. Uh, there's the band of what I think is black lava uh, on the shore. And then there's the snow, then a band of trees behind that in the foreground, the foreground trees. Then there's some high grass, and then another line of trees in the background. And these, the trees, the grass and everything are all separated with mist. This all, for me, makes this a very deep shot. I almost feel embarrassed praising myself this much, uh, praising my own work this much, but I really just cannot get enough of this shot right now. And I guess as photographers, basically, we have to be pretty egotistical in the first place to even ask others to look at our images. So I'm just going to be a little bit unashamed here and really push this one. It's, It's probably one of the best shots I've taken for a while. That's in my opinion anyway. I often find that other people uh, like other work that I really wouldn't have chosen. So it's just my opinion. So something else I should note here is that I have obviously cropped the top of this shot, mainly because I don't think it added anything at all. Uh, It was just more of the same coloured sky after a certain point. Uh, So removing it also helped to emphasise the layers that, that I really like about this shot. And then again, uh, like I say, there's the accent of the swan standing there and spreading its wings amongst a group that have obviously spent the night there and are just waking up to spend their day in the cold at the edge of the lake. So enough about that. Next, let's take a look at shot number 810. This was also taken at 400mm at f5.6 with a shutter speed of 125th of a second. I had to crank up the ISO to 800 though, as it was pretty dark in the swath cut through the snow by the small stream in which these poor little ducks had sheltered for the night. I couldn't help but feel sorry for these little pintail ducks with the snow on their backs, all huddled together to keep warm. I was being careful not to get too close to these birds as well and scare them. Even as I walked around at some distance from these uh, ducks, they started to become a little unsettled, so I stepped back and walked away, took the long way around. Uh, These guys need all the energy that they have uh, without having to worry about getting away from me looming over them with a big camera. Now, after this hour or so's walk in the cold before breakfast, I went back to my uh, room in the hotel nearby and was conscious that I was going from a cold environment to a warm one, 
and was being careful as I know that condensation forms on equipment if you take it uh, from cold to warm places and sometimes vice versa. The way to get around this is to keep your equipment in an airtight bag. I usually put all my equipment back into my camera bag uh, before entering a building. Uh, the, the camera bag that I use has watertight zips, so it does a relatively good job of this. Uh, but this morning I thought I'd be okay because the hotel I stayed in that night was really cold everywhere, uh, except for the room in which you sleep. Even the hallway to the room where you take off your shoes uh, seemed pretty cold when I went outside. So I thought that I'd get away with putting my camera and my 100-400mm to lens in there and let them gradually warm up. Not so. It was maybe three minutes or so, and I, I was conscious that there was a danger here. Uh, but I, after about three minutes, I went back into the hallway and checked if they were okay, and there was condensation all over them. I quickly wiped them down and put them into my equipment bag and took them to the nice cold car outside. They seemed okay after breakfast, so I don't think that there was any internal damage. But this was just in three minutes. I was reminded of this rule with a bump. If you don't have a relatively airtight camera bag, carry some large plastic bags like uh, dustbin liners or something like that and put your gear into them and tie them up before going indoors. Moving on, uh, the last shot I wanted to show you today uh, which is number 818, is one that I made in the afternoon, having left this spot for a few hours and then returning later in the day. Uh, this was made with a 600mm f4L IS USM lens, again at ISO 400. I chose f11 uh, for one five hundredth of a second, as I wanted to ensure that I had a reasonable depth of field, as the swan was flying pretty close to me. I could possibly have gone to f8, but I wanted to ensure that the entire swan was in focus, and also I wanted the waves in on the lake to be in enough focus to be able to make them out, although not too focused, uh, so or they would distract from the swan. Now, this brings me to the very last tip I have for you today uh, with regards to photography in sub-zero conditions. When... Using a tripod on deep snow, if you don't do anything to prevent it, the legs of the tripod will sink down into the snow, probably more than you will, as the tripod has narrower feet than yours. There are two things that you can do to prevent this. The first one is to buy some wide feet for your tripod. I have some uh, jitsu or gitso feet for my tripod that I fit onto the bottom of the tripod legs and stop them from sinking into the snow, or likewise for sand and other similar surfaces. They are just like large plastic saucers that uh, that clip on there. The other thing you can do is to use a larger tripod. I usually suggest that people buy a tripod uh, that will get the viewfinder of the camera to the height of their eye without raising the centre pole of the tripod and without the user having to crouch down. If you buy a tripod that will go a foot or two above your eye level, though, this will cover you for some sinking in the snow or sand. If you are in the market for a tripod, another reason for getting one that is a few feet larger than you is also that 
along with some small steps or a sturdy camera case, it will help you to get above the height of a crowd if necessary. For example, if you are at a sporting event or a show where many people may be in front of you, this can be useful. You could not really use a tripod in these situations anyway, so going to the back and standing on steps or your camera case, then raising your tripod to your eye uh, will help you to get the shot and not annoy anyone in the process. Well, that's it on winter photography for today. I don't have any more winter photography shoots planned right now, so I think we'll be going on to a different subject next week. Uh, I want to finish on one quick mention that I have set up a member galleries website for the Martin Bailey Photography members to upload your images and you know showcase them, display them for discussion or critiquing by other members. I want this site to be for artistic photography only, and I have limited the uh, members to 25 megabytes of disk space each so that you really think about what you upload. I've also put a maximum width or height uh, of 800 pixels, so you'll need to resize your photographs before you upload them. I also have a limit of 250 kilobytes per image, so you'll need to apply some compression when you save off your resized images. I usually resize to around 700 um, plus the frame, so I think maybe 730 pixels wide, and I save them off with a compression of between 8 and 10. This usually comes to around 120 to 200 kilobytes uh, per image, depending on how uh, much detail there is in the image. I will be monitoring uploaded images, uh, but if you notice anything abusive or out of context on the site, please do click the little cartoon balloon button, the speech balloon button, above the image uh, when viewed full size, and that will allow you to report the image to me. Uh, if necessary, I will remove it uh, from the site. But generally, you know, viewing by the participation in the forum, there are no strange or weird people that are members right now and I think you know I'm I'm hoping that the uploads will be as professional as your posts have been in the forum I should also note that I'm still working on sharing the credentials between the main Martin Bailey photography site uh, where many of you are already members and the new member galleries site I'm not sure how long this is going to take uh, I'm still experimenting with some different ways of doing this but for now, you will need to register afresh in the new site before you can create albums and upload photos. Please use the same username and email address that you use in martinbaileyphotography.com as this will help me to identify you and also to make it easier to link the two sites when I do get around to this. Also, and I'm not sure how I'm going to continue about this um, until I do get the sites linked. I'm currently restricting membership to the galleries site to people that also have an account on martinbaileyphotography.com. So if you want to upload images to the, the galleries site, you'll need to first register on the main site. Finally, I've created a help document to help you 
with the BB code needed to embed thumbnails and full-size images with links back to the gallery. I've created this document in the Help and Support forum. You can, of course, use the comments in the gallery itself to discuss your images, so you don't need to use the forum. This will also uh, keep the comments attached to the photograph, so if later you decide to delete the photograph, uh, the, the comments will disappear with it. Uh, I think that's the better thing to do rather than have lots of discussions in the forum because then if people do delete the photos, the forum posts will become orphaned uh, and it'll just mean more work. So I think it would be better for all of us for now if we continue to make comments and things using the comments function in the gallery. Uh, The help document will help you to link if you want to do that though. I'll also add a link to this uh, document in the show notes. Do let me know if you have any feedback on the galleries or the you know the the linking or anything like that as well and I'll try to be as accommodating as possible. So that's it for today. A long show. I thought it was going to be much shorter today. Uh, please remember that you can send me feedback on the podcast as well, uh the website, anything else, not just the new galleries. You can do this via email from the contacts section in the podcast page. You can use private messages uh, from the forum if you just take a moment to register. Also, uh, as more and more listeners discuss various topics in the forum, things are really starting to liven up uh, significantly. So if you want to get involved, discuss photography and other topics with all levels of photographers, Uh, please sign up at martinbaileyphotography.com and get involved. We have a great crowd here, uh, for which I'm very grateful, and I'm sure the site will become more and more exciting as other members join in the discussions. Oh, and I forgot to mention a Happy New Year to all of you. I have spent a lot of time over the holidays working on this site and things, so this is the reason actually why today's podcast is a few days late. Uh, Forgive me for that, um, but hopefully it'll be worth it as the galleries start to work out. So I am going to sign off now. I'll speak to you again next week. Bye-bye. This has been a Martin Bailey Photography Podcast.